Coog's house. It's game week. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater against that buy or just someone ready for college football to start, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can lay us on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel. That is where you found today. It's good to see you again. Remember, we're doing a giveaway every 250 subscribers and a little bit bigger one if we get to 2,000 before the TCU game. So hit subscribe to help us get there and comment and like the video to make sure we know you're in the contest. If after talking about UTSA's matchup this year, last year, everywhere in between, and what might be one of the better teams on campus this year in the volleyball team. You're looking at, I don't know what to say. My head's spinning a little bit. I'm just too ready for football. I, I'm too, I have too much excitement built up. Tell us how you pronounce the word. I'm going to spell it C-A-R-A-M-E-L. It's like a gooey substance. You mix with chocolate a lot. Um, sometimes it's salted. Tell us in spelling, spell it out phonetically, how do you pronounce that word? All right, so thank you all so much for tuning in today. Today's episode is the kickoff of game week. It's UTSA week here at Lockdown Cougs, and we are excited for football to be back. We've been talking a lot about this upcoming season. There's a lot of excitement surrounding the Houston Cougars this season. And we start off with UTSA. And so today we're going to talk about what happened in last year's matchup offensively, and then what's going to be different this time around offensively. Now, instead of trying to condense defense into the second half of this podcast tomorrow's episode is going to kind of cover the same things with defense and at the end of today's episode i want to spend some time talking about the houston cougar volleyball team and the exciting weekend they just had they kicked off their big season top 25 big 12 etc but first let's talk about what happened in last year's utsa game because after the roller coaster that was the 2022 houston cougar football season it's probably fair to assume that a lot of people are just now being reminded of Oh, yeah, that was just last season. It feels like a complete different time period. I mean, there are guys on the field last year that would get hurt in the first couple weeks of the season and not come back, and we haven't seen them play since. There were guys in the football field last season that got rotated out of the field, like all kinds of things going on. And so when I looked at the game film of the weekend from last year to kind of get ready for next, you know, this Saturday for this season, a couple of things jumped out at me. One, we should probably talk about why we do that, and why it's worth it. Um, and then two, what schematically stuck out. And then three, what and and the second segment we'll talk about what kind of fixes there are. Um, the reason to do this is that UTSA has the same major coaches, head coaches, and coordinators, the same guys at UTSA. A lot of things that they're going to do defensively, schematically, I think I say to say will be the same. I also think it's worth pointing out that as I look at them. Um, and they're anticipating a big season for them, too. They're moving to the American. They're moving up in the world. They had a great year last year for themselves. And I'm sure they would love nothing more than to come to Houston and beat Houston after they feel like, if you pay attention to their social media handles and stuff like that, um, they feel like they should have won last year, right? If you don't remember the game, um, quickly, last year's game, they were up 21-7 to midway through the third. All things are breaking their way. Houston Cougar defense stepped up a couple different times. Houston Cougar offense scored at the start, middle, and then a field goal at the end of the fourth. 
Uh, UTSA had a quick field goal of their own to tie and go to overtime. The game went to triple overtime. And frankly, Houston got out by the skin of their teeth. And the headlines everywhere were number 24. We were at 25 at the time. Number 24, Houston survives UTSA. Now, in watching this, I thought it was interesting because I think we all remember a couple things about the offensive line of this game. One, offensive line had a number of false start penalties in the Alamo Dome. The Alamo Dome had a record crowd for UTSA. It was giant, you know, big deal for them, welcoming Houston to town, et cetera. And also, for what it's worth, was the first game of the season. And some of those guys first starts because they hadn't started in a while. It hadn't started the year before, et cetera. Um, so three false starts. Um at very inopportune times for the Houston Cougars last year. You also had a number of times where it looked like that there were big-time pass-rushing pressures, um, and UTSA really liked rushing six or seven guys at the Houston Cougars for them to block with their five, or sometimes I call it five and a half, and the running back is chipping. Um, but typically they'd send what I call positive rush, meaning they send more guys after the quarterback then the offense has blocking. Um, if you remember, as the game went on, Houston combated that by running the quarterback. Clayton Toon had big runs in the late fourth. Uh, he had, obviously, the big run was the final score in the triple overtime that ultimately won the game. Obviously, they had to play defense under that, too. But So a lot of those kinds of things for Clayton Toon, who I wanted to see run more last year, but he didn't get a whole lot of run as an athletic quarterback, although... We both know if you go look at his combine numbers, something like that he's actually a very good athlete. Um, those kind of became kind of the difference. For what it's worth, offensively, Houston had a lot of trouble finding Tank Dell all over the field. He only had a couple of catches, but he had two touchdowns. Like when it was time to get him the ball in the red zone, they found ways to dial him up. But really, in the middle of the field, it was Matthew Golden, Joseph Manjack, a lot of the guys that are back this season. Um, and so hopefully we'll see those kinds of things throughout this week's contest, right? This year's contest. Um, other notable things uh, statistically, if we're looking at mm, statistics, statistics, I promise I can talk from that game. Um, Toon had just 206 yards, which would ultimately be kind of the low end for him over the course of the season. But Houston tallied 140 rushing yards, which I think took everyone by surprise last season in Houston's first game without Alton McCaskill, um, who obviously had injured himself in the uh, spring ball prior. Um, I think it's interesting that like UTSA don't think accounted for Houston having much of a run game. And then in instance, I don't know that that'll be the same thing this year. Um, we mentioned that Tank Dale had just, I guess it was total of, at the time, overtime's over, just a total of five catches. Two of them were touchdowns. Worth pointing out, they bottled him up so much, his longest catch was 11 yards. Um, but other guys got work done. Um, you saw a number of guys catch the ball out of the backfield to kind of chip away at that pressure as well, like I talked about. So the ball got somewhat evenly distributed. Um, we'll talk more about how that ties into this year's team in the second segment, but it wasn't, it was like death by a thousand cuts as far as the second half of Cougar offense and something switched in that like late third, uh, middle third, late third. And I feel like what really happens is frankly, Houston actually prop is like a middle of the third quarter and Houston's a fourth and two and or maybe it's four and they run the ball with Campbell and they actually get stopped just short of the first down. But there was a UTSA penalty that gave Houston life and kind of let them get the first down and continue the drive. And it felt like after that moment, you almost saw a different level of – it was like, 
like everyone just kind of breathed differently on the offense and things went on. Joseph Manjack had the giant catch. Uh, it was still like a top 10 catch at the end of the season kind of catch down the stretch there um, to at, at that point, tie the game up. And then later Houston would get a field goal to go up by three um, before ultimately going overtime. Da, 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 right. I'm talking a lot of circles around this game, but I think it was interesting that Houston UTSA clearly wanted to take tank Delaware. And they did that. And when Houston finally settled down, they had no problem scoring. They clearly wanted to get after the quarterback. And at the first part of the game, they did that. Right? UTSA, that is. Um, but as the game wore on, Houston found ways to make them pay for that. I think schematically, Houston's actually set up even better in both instances this year. And I want to talk about that some in the second segment. But first, I got to talk about a game-breaker and a uh, someone that really deserves some shine, and that is Kenneth Sauer. Now, I understand that we're doing volleyball in the third segment, but Athletic Brewing has told us we're going to do this athlete of the week, kind of moment of the week, and there's no better person to pick for this than Kenneth Sauer, who really just played two of the three matches for volleyball over the weekend, but in those matches had 36 kills and 33 digs. Uh, powerful, powerful spikes across the board. For Kenneth Sauer. Now, this moment is brought to her moment of the weekend, I should say, is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Now, for your game changer in your own life, check out Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non alcoholic beer game. They make non alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor, and well crafted, just like a full strength beer. Their brews are great tasting and award winning and beat out full strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft. Non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition of experimental styles to add to their variety. So make sure you go check those out. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity more enjoyable. No hangovers ever. You can find Athletic Brewing in-store, online, and at bars around the country. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's nautical brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions to apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, so I said in the second segment, I'm going to talk some about how those schematic differences, trying to get out to the quarterback, making you pass the ball around to a bunch of different guys, and those kinds of things tied into helping Houston out. But one thing I think we need to make sure we understand is that a lot of those false start penalties and a lot of those you know, first-game jitters were amplified by the electric atmosphere that was the Alamo Dome. That same disadvantage should be Houston's advantage this year as the game is at home, right? Crowd's going to be crazy. It's going to be the first game of the season. It's an exciting season on hand here. And that should hopefully flip the other direction just naturally right that's probably flipped away for the Cougs. now i don't know what's going on out there uh, but um, hopefully that goes houston's way now as far as schematics they really like to send positive rush again sending more guys than houston had to block in the game last season and when clayton Toon was sitting back there like a duck that worked very well for them however this year's quarterback is not Clayton Toon. This year's starting quarterback is one Donovan Smith. Now, UTSA did not play Texas Tech with Donovan Smith as a star the last two years, but I will say that you cannot rush Donovan Smith 
the same way you rush Clayton Toon. And that's not even to disparage Clayton as an athlete. As I've said several times, I wanted them to run him more. I wanted him to get on space and wiggle around a little bit more. What I will say about Donovan Smith is he will shake off a linebacker tackle. Like a linebacker rushing him down from the backside, thinking you're sending those extra numbers. Like you have to account for him, right? He is his own blocker in so many ways back there that sending six guys, that's cute and all, but he's going to make that one guy miss and then find someone downfield because you're out of numbers and coverage, right? Then all of a sudden you have five guys covering the five guys in the pass pattern for Houston one-on-one. We know Houston's receiver for this golden or Brown or man, Jack or boogie or whomever. I could even see Mikhail Harrison pilot against a run in this kind of instance where he's going to shake off a one-on-one type defender, get open, make the catch. So I don't think UTSA is going to have any success with that kind of strategy and rushing a positive by just one or two. Now they want to go all out, you know, house blitz on the thing. That's fine. That just comes down to Condonna Smith, make the check reads and those kinds of things. And we saw him do those things at Texas Tech. A couple, uh, was it just beginning of last week? I told you guys to make sure you go check out those games, the Mississippi State game and the Liberty Bowl and those kinds of things. He does those kinds of things very, very well. So I'm not worried about them doing that this year to the Houston Cougars. I think they've got to find some new game plan to get pressure on the quarterback because for the two, first two and a half quarters of the 2022 contest, that was really the only thing their defense did well. It did it very well, and it really disrupted what Houston was doing. But outside of that, most mistakes Houston made in those first two and a half quarters were shooting themselves in the foot. So fixing those errors because you're at home and taking away those pass rush means that Houston's offense ought to be able to click a little bit better, even if it's got a lot of new names on it. I will say I'm intrigued by watching last year's coverage from UTSA because they frequently covered with five, and they would kind of double cover or shadow cover the safety and man-to-man underneath with Tank Dell. And what that did was is effectively took him out of the concepts for most of the field. Again, his longest reception in the 2022 game was 11 yards. I love the Houston Cougar receiver room. There's no single guy on it that is like, you have to take that guy away like a Tank Dell. That to me means that, A, there's going to be probably a little bit different coverage stuff out of UTSA. I would imagine as a coaching staff, if you're going to be more balanced, you can be more balanced. I don't know if they'll shift that over to Matthew Golden. Matthew Golden's a pro receiver in the near future, but I don't know that they're going to shift things that direction. Um, What I will say is that I think it's interesting if they do something similar, that means that Houston's got a bunch of one-on-one opportunities with a bunch of very talented receivers. I mean, one-on-one with Manjack or one-on-one with Mikhail Harrison Pilant or one-on-one with Sam Brown. Like all these guys are good enough to get away from those coverages. And so I don't think that that's something that'll be smart for UTSA to do. If they do it, great, please. But I just don't think they're going to do it. What I bet ends up happening is they play a lot more of a safe game plan, right? What I bet they do is they send less pressure because Donovan Smith is a guy that breaks that pressure down. What I bet they do is a lot of more read and quarterback spy stuff because they don't want to let Dominic Smith get too loose and boogie. What I bet they do is a lot of make him throw the ball underneath and make guys make plays after the catch. And I trust Houston's guys to do that. I think that's a a, a good thing for Houston. Um, But what I bet that ends up happening is you see a lot more of the running backs in the pass game, the Stacey's needs the world. Maybe some Parker Jenkins shows up, right? Um, you could also see this is a point where like, that's not a bad thing to throw a freshman out there, right? Michaela Harrison pilot could absolutely be involved in this kind of stuff. Um, I also could see how 
truthfully, if you're looking at like freshman whiteouts or inexperienced whiteouts, et cetera, um, someone like, like you know, Josh Cops, right? Like doesn't have a whole lot of experience in like big time pass game. Comes to Houston originally, uh, originally from San Antonio, actually, for what it's worth. Um, but played some at uh, Wyoming and and those kind of things. Could you get Josh Cobbs, you know, into the system, integrated better in these kind of one-on-one matchups? Maybe. What I think that you'll end up seeing is you'll see the speed guys, Golden, Harrison Pilot, um, those, those kinds of guys get more involved because if they get these underneath and make the guy make a, make a move and get after it after that, that plays into their hand. Um, I, I feel like this is the kind of thing where, and this is not me belittling UTSA. They've got a great coaching staff. Um, and frankly, they've done a very good job building that program up. I don't, unless Houston shoots themselves in the foot, if I look at what they did and were successful with last year, and then I look at what they're going to try to do to this year's Houston Cougar roster, I just don't see it working out very well. And so the keep underneath, make them make mistakes only works if Donovan Smith does make those mistakes. We've talked before about how he did have the uh, 10 interceptions last season, and you know he has had times where he throws the football away. He also, in his 21 starts, is a 64% completion guy, right? And so he has proven when asked to do it, and he did against the University of Texas last year, that he can chip away down the field, and then when he gets inside the red zone again, those short yard situations, he takes the ball himself, right? He has done those things in the past. I am not silly in, in thinking that like he'll never throw the ball away again. He'll never throw the ball to the wrong team again. I mean, even, even Tom Brady had a couple of interceptions a year, right? Like the, the, that thing happens. But I will say that I think as he continues to grow and mature as a quarterback, if they're going to give him all that underneath stuff, it's as long as Dana and Birch and those guys are keeping him like keep the ball going to the right team. We'll keep taking, we'll take six, we'll take eight, we'll take 12, we'll just keep them in the right direction. I'm not too horribly worried about it because then you take six, you take six, you take six, you take a quarterback run, boom, hit him in the mouth. Like, as eventually it, you just start moving the ball down the field, right? I think that's the way to go about this. I don't think that Houston can uh, afford to get behind early like they did last year. Last year they went down. 21-7 in the third quarter, and I don't think this would be the good. I, this would be a game where Houston can do that with so many new guys on offense. It'd be easy to start like wondering about um, the gelling of the team. I think last year's team was super veteran, and that helped in that instance. This year's team, while it has a lot of very talented football players that have played a lot of football, it doesn't necessarily have a lot of guys that have played together. And so I think they got to kind of come out strike early, and you could see that I think too with Matthew Golden strike with the middle or something like that. So. We'll see where those kinds of things go, but I'm intrigued. I I want UTSA to come on and do what they did last year. I don't think it'll work against the Houston Cougars. I will say we'll be sending the rest of the week uh, continue to break down this matchup. We got guests coming on too to tell us what they think about UTSA. I want to get to the undefeated top 25 Houston Cougar volleyball program in the third segment, but first we got to talk about our buddies at GameTime.com. Co. Now, if you are someone who likes buying tickets for your favorite team, needs tickets for the upcoming Houston Cougar football game, needs tickets for someone in Houston, concerts, playoffs, etc., uh, you need to make sure you are finding GameTime 
Ticketmaster.co. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your favorite seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without stress at without stress at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create a, uh, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so. I am getting into volleyball. I'm getting into volleyball because Houston Cougars are into volleyball themselves. Uh, the Houston Cougar women's volleyball team is very, very talented, right? Sweet 16 a year ago. Um, and Kate Trujadis had one of the like top sports center plays for a while. Uh, she's like following the back line, dives over a scores table and keeps the ball in play and all those kind of things. They're very, very talented. I don't know if they're getting enough pub for how talented they are. And I know this show, I mean, I see the clicks, I see the numbers, Big 12 Conference and football and men's basketball and things are rolling. That's what people like to watch. And we'll keep talking about that. We've got to talk about this women's volleyball team, though, at some point every so often. And I don't, I'm looking at the best ways how to do that. If you've got suggestions, keep us in the loop down below. But this team is one of the best teams in the country, let alone on campus. It's one of the best teams in the country. And so to stress that, I don't talk about the people that they had returning and how they did over the weekend. And then also clue you guys in on some of the ads they've made. <laughs> and that's how like how great this team is. So I mentioned Kate Trujadis. Uh, this is her fourth year in college. She's been her freshman year at TCU. Um, sophomore and junior season. She was the libero of the year nationally. That's not an American award and, uh, nationally. She's also been on all American athletic conference. I mentioned the sports center kind of play she had. Um, a year ago over the weekend in the three matches against USC, uh, Southern Mississippi, almost said South, Southern Mississippi and McNeese uh, State. They went a combined nine and two across all three matches. I mean, that is, that's, a, that's incredible. I, I like incredible to beat top 25 USC three to one to beat Southern Miss three to one the next day and to pick it right back up and sweep McNeese State on Sunday is a big, big weekend in those three games, Kate Jadis had 52, uh, 52 digs and 19 assists. That's huge, right? Libero's job is to get back there and dig the ball out. I get that. But 52 digs and playing in 11, uh, 11 games because it's three matches over three days is big time, big time, big time. That's the Libero. She's the one, the alternate color jersey running around. Abby Jackson, number 24, right? Um, she is a fifth-year sen- senior, three-time all-American Athletic Conference. Over the weekend, she had 35 kills, but had 18 of those 35 kills against Southern Mississippi. Um, she also had 32 digs and four blocks on the weekend. Um, she is a beast up front, a beast up front. I'm telling you to go watch. I mean, the way she spikes the ball down, you think it's going to break the hard one and hit the ground. It's really, really impressive to watch. Uh, Rachel Tulos is a fifth-year senior. She's been uh, one of on one of the two All-American Athletic Conference teams in her entire time at U of H, obviously the grad she's in grad school at this point, but she also gets the extra year because of COVID, which is nice because she had 13 kills and four blocks. Doesn't sound quite as impressive as Abby Jackson. When you look at like 
Delos, she barely played in the McNeese State game, the McNeese State match. Um, and so that's really the 13 kills and four blocks are across two games, one of those against the top 25 team. Um, and that's on the returning side of the roster. Now, there's other returning talent on the team, too. I don't mean to say there's not. But that's, I mean, that's all everything talent on the roster coming back this year. Uh, the two newcomers, the Houston Cougars, that are not newcomers to volleyball, that we need to make sure we talk about is Nina Mbanu. Um, she's a grad transfer from Louisville. She saw some time at Louisville last year uh, replacing injured players, but she's originally from Klein High School and coming back Houston, coming back home. She had 24 kills and six blocks in those three matches. She's incredible. She, I mean, she jumps up and spikes the ball down. And I'm telling you, like, admittedly, her feet kick back when she jumps up to spike the ball. And I guess that's, you know, part of it the like aesthetic of it but it looks like she's like levitating like a floating thing right before she full swings on down the ball it's really really impressive to watch athletically and it's a ton of fun to watch because she's so enthusiastic i don't i don't know exactly what happened at louisville again i know she filled in for some people hurt last year so she was kind of working into the rotation of the course of four years but she is so clearly enjoying getting real minutes Real plays, getting to really play points for the Houston Cougars, and we know she's from Klein, so it's like she's again, she's like coming home to do it. It's a great story to see happen. And the beast of the weekend, the uh, athletic brewing game time game changer we talked about at the top or in the first part of the show, Kenna Sauer, big number four, uh, tall, long, strong, has been all Big Twelve the last two seasons at Texas Tech. Uh, as a grad transfer, so she got to play right away. She actually spent her two, her first two seasons of college at Missouri. Um, in the three matches, she had 36 kills and 33 digs. And I'm telling you, each of those kills rattled the hardwood floor. I mean, she is strong, strong when she hit the ball down. Um, really, really impressive athlete to see on television. Again, like I know that these kind of athletes exist in volleyball, but this team is so exciting and so much fun to watch. It's someone we got to pay more attention to. Um, we're going to have periodic updates on them throughout the season. If you've got ideas or clever ways to go about this, or you've got angles on volleyball you want to talk about, make sure you find us and talk to us down below in the comment section or find me at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, all, Mastodon, all, all the social media handles, Painsworth512. Happy to talk all things Cougs. Volleyball, football, basketball coming up soon. Uh, Cougs in the pros, baseball. I mean, Corey Jokes and the Astros had a big one on the weekend. They're actually winning the tiebreaker with the Rangers right now. And the way that old thing, that's a fun way. That's all messed up. Let's go. Let's go. Talk to me about all things Houston sports at Painsworth 512 P A I N S W O R T H 512. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. For a second listen, I'm going to recommend. Locked on Astros, um, because of all that mess that's going on in the AOS, they're breaking it down much better than I am. So go make sure you go check them out as well. Locked on Cougs is a primer. Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.